I said yesterday morning as we started the meeting that we were going to emphasize a verse for the whole week. And I mentioned Lamentations 340, where Jeremiah said, Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. And that's revival, the matter of drawing nigh to God. James said, Draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to thee. There has to be a beginning place. And that's when we recognize our need and we come to Christ. And uh, it's not somebody pressuring anybody, but it's a matter of a desire in our hearts to please God. I remember my pastor, Dr. Buffington, used to say to me, he said, the desires and the aspirations of your heart, if it's to honor God, God put it there. Uh, the devil doesn't do things like that. But if it's to honor God, he said, here's how you can tell whether it's of God or not. He said, if it's to honor God, it'll be there today, it'll be there tomorrow, It'll be there next week. It'll be there next month. He said the intensity might be stronger one day than the next, but that desire will be there. And so when God saved me, he, gave, he, put, he put a desire in my heart to please him. I, I want to please him. I'd like to be of help to you, but my goal is to please my heavenly father. So I'm going to be accountable to God for the messages I preach, and you'll be accountable to God for the message you hear. And so it's a matter of having an ear to hear. Amen. Amen. And how important that is. A lot of times we don't hear clearly. Sometimes my wife is talking to me and I don't hear her. Sometimes I'm talking to her and she's not hearing me. But how many times has God been talking to you and you hadn't been listening? And I, I say to you, our, we are, our, our ears ought to be attuned to the Lord. I'm a local church preacher. I believe Christ died for the church. Amen. He didn't die for the Kiwanis Club or the Elks Club or the Masons. Amen. But he died for the church. He gave himself for the church. And he gave uh, the church two officers, pastor and deacons. And by the way, he only leads by one pastor. He doesn't lead by a group. I heard someone say, you know, a, a, a camel is nothing more than a horse put together by a Baptist committee. So he, got, he, he leads by a pastor. So there's a pastor and deacon. That's the officers. He gives us two ordinances, local church, two ordinances. Baptism by immersion. And the Lord's table. You said, what about foot washing? Well, I believe in that too. But it's not a church, it's not a church ordinance. If you don't wash your feet, they'll start sinking that right quick. Amen. And so, uh, and he gave the church one goal, one mission. And that was to get the gospel to every creature. Have many responsibilities, but only one mission. That's get the gospel to every creature. How important that is. I'm in the gospel of John chapter 13. I begin reading in verse 1. The Bible said, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. We could stop and preach a message for about an hour or so there. I'm glad that Jesus loves me and his love is an unconditional love. 
And he said, and supper. Now notice the terminology. He didn't say dinner. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus saith to him, He that is washed, Need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his, uh, had taken his uh, let me give a, uh, uh, garments, and was set down again, he saith unto him, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord. And ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, I, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of doctrinal issues in this particular chapter. I, I would like to suggest to you that, uh, that you put in, in the side column of your Bible, if you take notes, put down 1 John 1, 9. This is an illustration of 1 John 1, 9. And so I, I want you to see with me this verse of Scripture now in verse number 8. This is a conversation that the Lord's given. He's talking to Simon Peter. And, and Simon Peter uh, uh, has said to the Lord, he said, uh, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And I'm interested particularly in this statement that our Lord made to Simon Peter when he said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And so that's what I want to preach on tonight. If I wash thee not. Now, first of all, I want to say this. This is not talking about relationship. It is talking about fellowship. Jesus said, if, saying to Peter, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Sin breaks fellowship with Christ. And that's why we need revival, we need renewal, we need a, a stirring, we need our fallow ground to be broken up that we might, we might sense the presence and power of God in our life in a greater way, that we might be more sensitive to what God wants us to do, and that our motive in doing what we do will be a right motive. 
so you could answer the question in your own heart tonight as to why do you do what you do? And so I'm preaching on that thought tonight. Would you bow with us for prayer? Father, bless I pray the reading of your word. I ask now that you might open our hearts to receive the truth of the word, defeat the enemy. I thank you for what you did on yesterday, what you've spoken to our hearts about today. And Lord Jesus, I do pray that you might breathe upon us as you did the disciples in the upper room. Lord, that we might receive the help that you have for us this evening. And Lord, we're grateful for all that you will do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. And so he's speaking, our Lord is speaking of the way to cleansing. God God wants us to be clean vessels. Uh, We need to be available vessels, but we must be clean vessels. Isaiah 52, 11. He said, and speaking of the priests in the Old Testament work of the tabernacle, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. And I want to say to you, uh, revival is what the adjustment of my, my life to the Word of God. It's a matter of realizing this. I, I can't be any more saved than I am. I'm saved. It's, there's no such thing as saved, more saved, and much saved. It's just you're saved or you're lost. And if you're saved, you're either pleasing God or not pleasing God. If I'm not pleasing God, then I've been a disobedient servant of the Lord. We need to remember who we are. We're just sinners saved by the grace of God, but we're servants of our Savior. There's a lot of folks that have a great opinion of themselves. They think very highly of themselves. I want to remind us tonight that we are a zero with the rim rubbed out. We're nothing, but God is everything. And so it's speaking speaking of the way of cleansing. When Simon, when our Lord washed the disciples' feet, and by the way, he washed all the disciples' feet, including Judas Iscariot. He washed the disciples' feet. And he comes to Simon Peter, and Simon Peter gives the right address. He said, Lord... Dost thou wash my feet? And our Lord said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Peter said, Thou. He changes the address. He's not recognizing him as Lord now. Thou shalt never wash my feet. Not tonight, tomorrow, next week. It's, It's a matter of being alienated from Christ. It's a matter of being out of fellowship with Christ. And by the way, how many go to church week after week and their heart is not right with God? They're out of fellowship with God. They could be a child of God. They could be on the way to heaven, but they're not in fellowship with Christ. And so that's what this text is dealing with. He comes to Simon Peter and he's saying, he's saying, uh, he's girded himself with a towel. He has a basin and he comes to Simon Peter and he's suggesting to Simon Peter Peter, there's something personal that needs to be dealt with in your life. And by the way, you better thank God tonight that he does that in your life and in my life. He comes to me and he said, this is something personal just between you and me that needs to be reconciled. Amen. Y'all in the building tonight? I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, he said, there's something personal. But he's saying there's something possible. There's something that can be done. It can, hallelujah, it can be 
reconciled. It can be restored, and fellowship can be again on the front burner. Amen. Yeah. So he said there's something personal between you and I. And by the way, if you sin, you sin against God. And, and we answer to God for ourselves. And so something personal, something not right, Peter. Now, Old Testament, in the Old Testament days, uh, they had in the tabernacle an item called a laver. It was for the washing of the feet in the hands as they entered the tabernacle. And, and could I say, while traveling life's highways, the feet would get dirty. They would wear sandals and the feet would be dirty. So it was a custom for them to wash the feet of the guest. <clears throat> Can I say they didn't have to take an all-over bath, but they did have to take, did have to have their feet cleansed in order to be in fellowship. Something personal, something possible, something purposeful. God has a purpose. I'm glad, are you listening? I'm glad that God does not leave us alone and let us hang ourselves. Amen. But he, come, he comes to us with a goal in mind of washing our feet, cleansing us, making us meet for the master's use, making us usable vessels. Now, notice what I got several things I want to say tonight. I, I, we're so focusing on that one person, Simon Peter. He's a man. He's a man with defiled feet. He, he, but but he is a, he is a a man that has been saved by the grace of God, and he is a man that that has experienced the joy of walking with the Lord, seeing the miracles performed, and and spending time very close. He's not only one of the disciples. He's one of the famous trio: Peter, James, and John. He's the one that was very verbal, and a lot of times he'd uh, open his mouth and insert foot. But, but I, I, I'm saying he, he is that fella. He's, uh, he's the one that the Lord is in. Could I say to you, when you got saved yesterday or you've been saved 70 years, I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that's watching your life and sees your life, and he wants us to be vessels meet for the Master Jesus. But we must be clean. It's a matter of recognizing I'm, I'm not near what others think I am. I'm not even what I think I am. I'm only what God knows I am. And so I, I'm, I'm saying this. Here's a man with defiled feet because of the dust of the highway, and it's symbolic of the inner defilement of the heart. Is that not what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 79? That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's your heart. That's my heart. That's the heart of a child of God. He has a wicked heart that loves the things of this world and the things of sin. I'm saying that's that wicked heart. And so the Lord is saying, he said, I have something personal that I want to deal with. Amen. And could I tell you that when God approaches us and he reveals that personal thing, Others might not know about it, but he knows about it. And he deals with that specifically. And if we're going to have revival, we must respond to the Lord's coming to us and dealing with our hearts personally. And so I, I come back with me. I want you to consider with me the nature of this man, Simon Peter. 
He's a sinner saved by the grace of God. He's a disciple. He's, a, he's one of the famous trio. He's the one that gave that great testimony when Jesus entered Caesarea uh, and, and he asked the disciples, whom say men that I the Son of Man am? And they said, well, some say thou art Elias or one of the prophets. Or, and, but he said, now I wanna, uh, let me ask a little more specific. But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said, I'd like to answer that question. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Our Lord said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, Upon this rock I'm going to build a church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Not built on Simon Peter, but it's built on that confession that Jesus Christ is a Son of God. And so I, I'm saying he was a man of privilege. He was a disciple, uh, not an ordinary uh, disciple. He was one of the famous three. Uh, and for years he had accompanied the, his master. He'd heard his words. He'd witnessed his power. He'd walked in, the, uh, uh, in his presence. But he's seen, he seen somewhat of his glory displayed. And just as you and I have had the privilege of, a, of being children of God, and, and goodness and mercy has followed us all the days of our life. But wait a minute, could I say, before I got saved, I'm grateful that goodness and mercy was extended to me. But God, what I deserve, I'd be in a devil's hell. As, mm, as, 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 could I say, if you got what you deserve, you'd be in a devil's hell. I, I'm saying, my friend said, uh, we ought to be in hell with gasoline britches on. But I, but I say to you, I'm thankful that in his mercy that he reached further down than I could reach up. And he lifted me out of the miry clay and the horrible pit and placed my feet upon a rock and established my going and put a new song in my mouth, even praise in thy God. And the Bible said, many shall see it and fear the Lord. And so I'm talking about this, this man, something... He's seen something of the glory of the Lord. And by his goodness and mercy, we too have, he has followed us all the days of our life, not only since salvation, but before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for his goodness. And mercy. But he was, also, he was also a man of prominence, a man of promise. He was a man of privilege, but he's a man of prominence. Peter was a leader and and our Lord is washing the disciples' feet, symbolic of the cleansing of the Lord. And, and so uh, the other disciples remain unnoticed when he and, un, and unknown, but Peter was a prominent disciple, uh, and he was conspicuous among, among those that had followed Christ, and m many that had... That had among many that, and he had a greater position of prominence, but he has dirty feet. Right. Notice the need was, he's a man, he's a man of privilege, he's a man of prominence, but the need is this, his feet's dirty. Right. When, when I was, uh, I, I was raised up on the farm, and we had running water, it was a pump out back. It was a independent Baptist pump. The reason I know that is because every time you 
went to get water, you had to prime it. That's kind of like folk I preach to. They, they have to be primed. But we'd run to the pump and prime the pump, get a bucket of water, and bring it back to the water shelf. And so we would, uh, we would just sponge off in particular places through the weekdays. But on Saturday night was a big night. We'd have a number three wash tub. It'd probably have to be a little bigger than that today. But we'd, we'd wash in that wash tub. But uh, my mom would say to me sometimes, said, son, did you wash your feet? I said, yes, ma'am. But uh, she had the gall to pull up my pants leg and check my feet. And she found out that I just washed parts of it. And she said, go back and do it again. And there's a lot of people that talk about being clean before the Lord. But the Spirit of God comes to where we are and uh, said, uh, what about this? What about this? And so Peter is a man with defiled feet. That was his need. How many share... How many shares the nature of Peter, but they also share the need of Peter? The defilement of Simon Peter was a shared defilement. That is, he's defiled and he's proud. And the, the question in their mind among the disciples at that time was, who's going to be the greatest? I, I'm amazed at preachers I hear along the way that wants to give you their formula of success. And they, they've got certain things that they've made up and they put together. I'll tell you, if we want to be a success, we go by this book here. It's called the King James Bible. And, and we, we adjust our lives to the word. He was a man of privilege, a man of prominence, but he was a man with a need. His feet's dirty. I want you to take a look at yours tonight. So you can put on your best clothes and the best apparel that you have and try to hide it, but underneath. It's like that's in the heart. And so I see this man with defiled feet. That's his need. But he was a man with a defiant heart. He said... uh, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And the Lord said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Again, let me emphasize, I'm not talking about relationship. And he's not talking about relationship. He's talking about fellowship. First John 1, 7 said, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. First John 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9 is not a spiritual rabbit foot. First John 1, 9 will not restore purity that was given away in a fit of lust. First John 1, 9 will not retract words that spoken unadvisedly or hastily. Oh, I look back over my life and I thank dear Lord. Oh, how I'd like to go back and re- retrieve those words and how I said them and who I said it. But they're gone. I can't do that. And 1 John 1, 9 will not restore that. 
And 1 John 1, 9 will not remove the marks of sin. The marks of sin remain a lifetime. When I was a young man, my brother and I were hunting and a gun discharged and it shot me through the side of the leg. It did not hit a bone or a main artery, but it left a, a scar where the bullet went in and the bullet out. I see it today. I'm reminded of where I was and what I was doing. I'm glad it healed up, but I still have the scars. And I say to you, sin has consequences. And God does not remove the consequences of sin. And, 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 and so I'm reminded, he was a man with a defiant heart. He said in verse 7, notice what he said. And, G, and Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my He's saying, He said, Lord, you can't wash my feet. No, no, he said, Thou shalt not, thou, thou shalt not wash my feet tonight. Tomorrow, next week, next meeting, it, I, and he's shutting himself away from God. And God said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. If I wash thee not. So he was a man with defiant heart. Which came first, defiled feet or defiant heart? I, I, I can't tell you which one came first, but I'm telling you this. He had a problem in both departments. He had a, he had a defiled feet and a defiant heart. His heart was a, a rebellious toward God. And by the way, how many, how many good folks, morally speaking, church-going people have a defiant spirit? They're saying, now the Lord can come this far, but that's as far as he can go. He can have this part of my, he, they take the keys out and they said, well, he can, have, he can have this room and you can have this room, but you can't have this room. I want to reserve that. No, no, no. He's to be the Lord of every part of your life and every part of my life. And when revival comes, that's what you want in your life. You want him to take charge of every aspect of your life. When you get saved, you get changed by the grace of God. Our brother walked in tonight, and I saw him in the parking lot, didn't even recognize who he was. Yeah, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And you think differently, and you walk differently, and you act differently, and you dress differently, and your desires are to please God. Understand this. He said, not my heart. And when he said, no, no ever, what he meant was he's, he, his refusal meant the opposite of Matthew 6, 33. The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to thee. That's first, that's first, I guess you understand what first means. It's a matter, uh, he, in the book of, in Matthew chapter 5, the scripture said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'm convinced I'm convinced that we've got people who are hungering and thirsting for what God can do and not hungering and thirsting for God himself. In Psalm 42, he said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Oh, I want his fullness in my life. I want God to be seen in my life. And so it's a matter of recognizing that if our heart, if we hunger and thirst right, our affections will be right. We'll be laying up treasures in heaven. Our allegiance will be right. We'll not be trying to serve two masters. And our ambition will be right. We'll seek to serve Christ first. We'll put him first in our life. And so the motive behind Peter's refusal is this. Now notice what he said. He said, uh, Peter saith unto him, 
Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now let's look at the text again. Verse 8. I want you to see this one little word, little two-letter word. Peter saith unto him, Thou, it's no longer Lord now, but it's thou. Thou shalt never wash, what's that next little word? Mine. The problem that Peter had was he, he was wanting to possess himself. And I remind you, according to the book of Corinthians, that we are not our own, but we've been bought with a price. And we're to glorify God in our bodies. And so it's not my feet. I, they belong to the Lord. Not my feet. He, he said, thou shalt never wash my feet. To, to consume with self. To wrapped up in me. Thou shalt never wash my Have you been saying some of the same things concerning your life and God's will? May I say this? He said, thou shalt never wash my feet. That's, he's near the place of anger in the refusal and resentment that's arising and the resentment against the messenger, an anger against God. He's kind of like the elder brother in the book of Luke chapter 15. You know that you have defiled feet. You know things is not, you know that everything's not right. And by the way, God lets us know that. Not everything is right. You can do the right thing the wrong way. You can do the right thing with the wrong attitude. You, you can do it doing the right thing in order to be seen of men. And so I, I, I'm saying, you know you have defiled feet, but are you willing to admit the fact that you have a defiant heart? I found in, in my ministry across this country, the majority of people, I'm talking about Christians, the majority of believers that respond to an altar call is those that are already involved doing something for God. There's too many others that come and they have as their theme song, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved, just like a stump. No, we ought to be, we ought to be sensitive. We ought to be saying, speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Would you say something to me? Would you show me my need? And when God, and by the way, I don't believe there's any service where the word of God is preached that God does not speak to hearts. And so our lack of response, and by the way, you said, I, I, I got it uh, right in my heart. It'll affect your feet. It'll, it'll, it'll affect your, the rest of your life. And so it, it's, it's recognized. Are you saying to your Lord and your master, not my feet, Lord. And when you echo the refusal that Peter made, you run the risks that Peter did when the Lord said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. You don't have any fellowship with me. And you can be a Christian, and you can also maintain your refusal even as a Christian. But your refusal 
your refusal has consequences. The prodigal son would have never ended up in the hole pen had he not made the decision in verse number 12. And by the way, the decisions that we make affects long distance. And so if you're a Christian, you can maintain refusal. It might be if you're a worker, you can still be a worker, but you have no, he said, I, you have, I have no part with you, no, no fellowship with you. If there's no part, then everything else is valueless. It's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's a matter of going through the motions, singing the right songs, wearing the right clothes, talking the right language, but there's feet dirty, hearts defiled. And so there's no value, no profit. Doesn't, doesn't matter how orthodox you are, how separated you are, what part have ye with Christ? It is this, the word never still echoing around the room. Peter said, thou shalt never, never wash my feet. So Jesus with a basin and a towel has stopped and in a quiet humble position he washes the disciples feet he he was now looking as he's before peter he's looking at peter's was looking at peter's feet but now he's looking into peter's face and he said if i wash they not so he gazes into the soul of simon peter and then he speaks if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Christ knows your defilement. He knows your argument. And your argument is with the master. It's not with the preacher. It's not with the pastor. Peter was a man with defiled feet. He was a man with a defiant heart but now he becomes a man with a desperate cry notice the text again he said uh, Simon Peter saith unto him Lord not and by the way the terminology the address is right again now Lord Lord not my feet only but also my hands and my head Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you're clean, but not all. And when he's speaking of that, he's talking of Judas Iscariot. For he knew Judas Iscariot. So Judas Iscariot was one of the disciples by number but not one by nature. He was a lost man. He was of the devil. And so when you maintain your refusal, he maintains his rejection of fellowship and usefulness. Do you know that you can make more noise with an axe handle than you can with an axe head? But you don't cut much trees down with an axe handle. 
And, and, and we understand, he said, no part, you have no part with him. No part with him and no part with other people of God. When you have no part with Christ, you're, you're shut out and, and Christ wants to bring us face to face. Peter's defiance broke. Instead, now there's a desperate cry. He said, Lord, in that case, wash me all over. And by the way, again, I emphasize, once you've been saved, there's no being saved again. You're saved forever. You said, you said, no, if that was true, I'd live any way I want to. No, 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 you wouldn't. If you're saved by the grace of God, you want to live like he wants you to live. For you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. And so God always gives the best to those who allow him to make the choice. And he said, no good thing would he withhold from them who walk uprightly. But now Peter, Peter has been restored to fellowship. The Lord washes his feet and he's restored to fellowship. And he becomes a dedicated servant of the Lord. Uh, Peter offers Christ uh, a trust that is unreserved. And he gives everything to the Lord. And on that occasion, he took a basin of water. He took a towel and washed their feet. But for you and me, I say to you, it was the blood. It was more than the basin of water and a towel. It was the blood. Amen. It was the blood of Christ that cleansed from sin. He cleanses us from pride, the pride of sin. Uh, He did not take a towel but he took an old rugged cross. And Paul said, but God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. And so he, many, many of those who have defiled feet and defiant heart give a desperate cry. It's a, it's a cry of confession. Not just, my, not just my feet, Lord, but wash me all over. And he becomes a dedicated servant. And so again, on the day of Pentecost, who's doing the preaching? It's a man who's denied the Lord three times. It's a man who'd been forgiven. And on the day of Pentecost, he stands in the power of the Holy Ghost and preaches the unsearchable riches of Christ. And 3,000 souls got saved. But one time he was a man with defiled feet and a man with defiled heart. But with that desperate cry, he becomes a dedicated servant the Lord and his desire is to be used of God, to sing, to speak, to pray, to be used of God, to show some soul the way. Along so much to feel the touch of God's consuming fire, to be used of God is my desire. That's what Peter's saying. I say we're either shut out or we're shut in. And there's a, there's a vast difference between the two. I know what it is to be out of fellowship with the Lord. And that's a miserable place to be for a child of God. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus is my Savior. Heaven is my home. But I'm capable of, of allowing my feet to get dirty and my heart to become defiant. And I need to be willing, as Peter did, that desperate cry, Lord, would you wash me all over? And Peter don't quite understand yet, but the Lord emphasized, he said, now, if you've been washed one time, you don't have to be washed all over again. So you never will have to come to the altar again after you've been converted. You'll never have to come to the altar again and say, dear Lord, would you save me again? No, no, that's an impossibility. 
And if you doubt your salvation, by the way, sometimes folk do. I don't believe if you doubt you're damned. I, I don't believe that. Some preachers believe that, but I don't believe that. For I, I'm reminded of this, that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, he said, if we believe not yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that cleanseth from all sin. I plead that blood tonight over our lives that God would make us to be usable vessels for him. Just ask the question tonight, would you take a glance again? At your feet, are you, is your feet clean tonight? Is your heart right with God? How about your heart? Is it right with God? So he said, Jesus said, Peter, there's something personal. There's something possible. There's something purposeful. And if I wash thee not, that's no part with me. Bow with us in prayer. Heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder tonight, how many could say, preach without a doubt in my mind. I know if I died tonight, I know I'm heaven bound. I know that Jesus is my Savior. Could I see your hand tonight? If you know that in your heart, amen. God bless your heart. Take them down. I wonder, I wonder if there was to be some tonight who would be honest with yourself and with God and would say, preacher, I don't know about anybody else in the building, but I do know that God tugged at my heart's string tonight on maybe one or another thought in the message. God spoke to my heart. Would you include me in your prayer tonight? I'll be glad to do that. If you'd let me, I see your hand. Uh, I see that hand there. Others, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Then would there be someone here tonight who say, Preacher, truth is, I, I'm not saved. Don't know Christ as my Savior, but I'm interested. Would you please remember to pray for me? I will. My prayer won't save you. But Jesus will, if you'll come to him, repenting of your sin and by faith trust in him as your Lord and Savior, he'll save your soul even tonight. Anybody like that tonight? I see a hand there. God bless you. And I see a hand over there. The Lord Jesus said today is a day of salvation. There's some folk who want to make salvation complicated, but it is not. I acknowledge my, my need of a Savior. I am lost. I'm not sick and need a doctor. I am dead in trespassing sin and I need to be saved. And then we must believe that Jesus died upon that cross for me and he, that, that he suffered all hell for all sinners for all eternity. And the Bible said, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you shall find rest for your soul. In John six thirty seven, he said, All that the Father, the Father giveth me shall come to me and he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. So today's a good day to come to Christ. You come to him just like you are and trust him to meet your spiritual need. Would you stand with us, please? Our musicians are coming and we're going to have an invitation song. Everyone standing, if you would, please. Father, I do pray tonight for these that have indicated that you've nudged their heart tonight in one way or another in the matter of their Christian life and fellowship with thee. I pray, dear Lord, that you'd help us to realize that matter that's personal between us and our God and that possibility of getting it cleansed and restored. And I, I, I pray the purpose is that you might be glorified. I do pray tonight for these that have indicated their need of the Lord. I ask that you might rebuke the enemy. I plead the blood of Christ tonight for protection. Lord, you don't want anybody to go to hell and you died for all sinners. I pray that you draw by your spirit, defeat the enemy, and Lord, accomplish your purpose. And what you do, we'll praise you and we'll thank you for all that you will do. In Jesus' lovely name I pray. 
Amen and amen. And we're singing. One eighteen. The altar's open. I invite you to come tonight. If God's spoken to your heart, whether you be a Christian or whether you're without Christ, I invite you to come and do business with the Lord while we sing.